This is Fantasy Book Club. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's Book Club and just by listening, you're a member. My name is Colton Pratt. And I am Sydney Lyerly. And we are now entering week five yep. of The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. Yep. It's the first of the Stormlight Archives. And honestly, every week I read, I'm like, man, we're moving. We're chugging through this Hey, book. guess what? Why? We've made it through an entire month. Whoa. Over a month. Because last week would have been a month. Because there's four <laughs> weeks in a month. Yeah. But you get the point. Yeah. We're, we're actually a surprisingly big portion of the way through this book. Indeed. I, this is a huge book. It's why I thought it was going to take us years. It feels like we barely started and we're already like, it feels like a quarter of the way through. Yeah. Um, I'd say about a quarter. So now we enter week five. This week, we read chapters 14, 15, and 16. Sydney, yep. tell me about next week. Okay. Yeah. So next week, we are reading... Uh, chapter 17, 18, and 19. So another three-chapter week yet again. So make sure you have those read. Otherwise, I think we're ready just to get straight into it. Indeed, we are. Okay. So my chapter is chapter 14. The title of the chapter is Payday. And then the little, like, the little like, before the chapter starts, we think it's a letter. It's definitely a letter. I 100%, 1,000% believe that it's a letter. Okay, let me read it, and then you tell me what you think the letter is then. Okay says, let me first assure you that the element is quite safe. I have found a good home for it. I protect its safety like I protect my own skin, you might say. So what's the deal with the letter? <laughs> so um, I, I kind of forget what the other letter parts were about. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. Let me go back and look uh, okay. real quick. Wait, no, no, no. Don't, don't do that. When we, get to, <laughs> when we get to the end of the book, we'll go back through and read all of them. Yeah. And so we can talk about theories overall. Uh, do you have any just from this little thing, what the theories are talking What's the element? Um, I think maybe the element is like, ooh, maybe it was like the first like shard blade or something like that. Mm, okay. Like something, something like that, like a shard blade or a shard plate or some kind of like, um, something powerful that they use. Some magic. Some, some yeah, magic. some kind of magic of some sort. Good answer. All right. Thank here, you. Here becomes the beginning of the book. This, this Here becomes. Here becomes the beginning <laughs> of chapter 14. Uh, this chapter is a Kaladin chapter. And if you don't remember last time, he tried to jump off to a cliff. His friend Sil saved him. Sile saved Sil, him. Sil, 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 Sil. Uh, <laughs> with a poison leaf. He went back, body slammed gas, big win, and then got appointed bridge leader. It is the morning after all that event happened. Yes. He wakes up bright and early, uh, walks to the front, opens the door, lets the light stream in to the dismay of all of his bridgemen that he's in charge of. Yep. Um, and essentially, he's trying to treat them like soldiers he's like up and at him get out there ah. and everyone says storm off yeah and um storm off is like a cuss word i've noticed storms yeah storm in general it's like a cuss word yes which happens often is in brandon sanderson books that like something about the world becomes a cuss word it's like the world breaker it was colors yeah um but i don't think that happens that, that that's my thing i can't think of any in our world any curse word that is spawned from like Man, there are tornadoes sometimes. Tornado! <laughs> that actually would be well, a great way to go about, like, cuss words. Just things that suck. Because, like, I feel like <laughs> our cuss words in real life really aren't... They're just words that have, like, other meanings that aren't, like, terrible things. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. It's weird. Like, uh, yeah, it's weird. But 
anyway, so Storm's kind of a cuss word. Uh, there's a guy. He basically says, um, "You better come, or I'll make you." And then he walks over to one of the people in his in his place called Moash. Moash. And Moash, he walks up to, grabs Moash, shoves him over his shoulders, and ch- charges him out the door. Freaking love that. Um, which, much to the dismay of Moash, Moash does not like that. I wouldn't either. Like, let's be real, okay? I understand what Kaladin's trying to do here. But honestly, I don't feel like this was the way to go about it. He comes off very annoying. Yes. I would be very upset, too, if I was Moash. Yeah. Because, hello, it's my day off. Yeah. I would like to be able to sleep in. I My life sucks every other day. Yes. Give me this one moment where it <laughs> sucks a little bit less. <laughs> to be fair to him, though, Kaladin, his logic is sound. If yeah. we train for this, our runs will be faster during the runs if we're trained and we have our muscle built up. Yeah. So the logic is sound. But the execution was subpar at best. Yes. Not um, not the way to go about it. And he he leaves Moash out front, walks back in and says, I'll do the same to each of you if you don't come. <laughs> and um, as, uh, everyone gets up and walks out after that. Yeah. Um, and Kaladin uh, says to the bridge, there'll be n- things are going to change for bridge four. For one thing, there'll be no more sleeping in. And um, there aren't they aren't really a fan of this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Essentially, Kaladin tells them they're going to train. We're going to train. We're going to carry heavy things and get our muscles built. And he says, I intend to not let any of you die. Yeah. And they are like, storm off and go lay back down because they do not believe him. Yes. Um. It, basically, the idea of uh, that is crazy. So crazy that a guy named Rock, who's a horn eater, which means a very large man from a mountain, yeah. uh, calls him. He says, crazy is crazy man who now thinks to lead us. And he laughs at uh, Kaladin. Yeah. Because Rock, yeah, Rock was does not like this plan, apparently. Yeah. I don't, like I said, I don't blame him. This was not the way to go about this whole situation. Yeah, I get Kaladin's point. But I I think if I were in their, in their shoes, in the Bridgemen's shoes, I would probably react the exact same way. Yeah. Um. Basically, also... Then they're sit- all sitting there, and Moash goes, Gaz. And Gon goes, what? And Moash goes, can he make me do anything? And Moash goes, not really. <laughs> and so they all, they all leave him. And Sil uh, <laughs> goes, that didn't go well. And uh, Kaladin basically is, is, Gaz told him, no, you can't make them do anything. They left. Kaladin glares at Gaz and starts walking that direction. Yeah. Uh, and Kaladin has a good point here, too. He says, the reason these people don't want to do anything is because Everybody who I've led before knew that they had worse places they could end up. Yeah. Here is the bottom of the barrel. I can't punish these people because there's nowhere worse I can put them. Yeah. Um, so he uh, basically walks over to uh, Gaz and Gaz is, freaks out because this is the body slamming boy. Yeah. Uh, Gaz go- – sorry, go ahead. Gaz knows that Kaladin could take him out in a hot second. Like literally – so fast, Kaladin could take him out. Yeah, especially because I bet in my mind, Gaz is not very like not strong person, and Kaladin I'm sure has a lot of muscles from carrying a bridge like every other day. Yeah, um, and he walks over to Gaz, and Gaz in a panic. I wasn't gonna lie, Storm. You, you don't have authority anywhere other than the field. If you hurt me again, I'll have to. And Kaladin's like, "Shut up! <laughs> Today's payday. Give me my money." Pay me. Uh, and Gaz says, you'll get your pay in an hour like everyone else. And um, 
Gaz, he said, uh, Kaladin's like, give it to me now. Yeah. Gaz gives him the one of the two because the other one was supposed to be his now. Yeah. Because yeah, that's one of the one of the um, one of the bribes he has to Gaz. Yeah. Was to give him one one of every five dollars essentially. Yeah. And so Gaz gives him his pay and then doesn't give him the second one that would have been Gaz's. Yeah. And Kaladin makes him hand it over, and then Kaladin gives it back to him. Yes. And says, "This you are not, you are not keeping money." Yes. I am paying you. You need to yes. remember that the source does not come from not giving it to me. Yes. It comes because I am giving it to you. Uh-huh. Which is a, a good reminder, actually. Yeah, it is. When I read this, I was like, oh, man. Like, is Calden about... To, like, I didn't think he would, but I, was, I had a moment of, oh, my gosh, is he keeping it? And then immediately read, oh, wait, no, he's handing it back. And I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Because yeah. now, yeah, because Gaz no longer doesn't feel like... He, he feels like he's almost in debt to Calden. Yeah. And, and Calden even says, Remember, the money stops coming if something happens to me. So the idea is, if you kill me, this money stops. You, this, yeah. is, this is not money you've earned. This is money I am paying you. Yes. And I appreciate that. And also, he walks back. He asks, what's Bridgeforce's duty? Um, and uh, he basically to talk to Gaz about what the Bridge Force needs to do. Yeah, and then Calvin starts, to, day, yeah. Calvin starts to walk off, and Gaz is like trying to dishearten him. Gaz is going, you aren't going to change anything. Those men are bridgemen for a reason. You don't have authority. You're not some squad leader on the field. You're a storming bridgeman. You hear me? You can't have authority without rank. And um, that's, I mean. He's not. He's not wrong. And yeah, no, he's not entirely wrong. For uh, sure. Actually, weirdly enough, I kind of don't like Gaz, dislike Gaz as much as I used to in this chapter. Yeah, I think. The fact that he's now scared of Kaladin and isn't yeah. he doesn't really do anything in this chapter that is like bad. Like he's still kind of a butthole. Yeah. But he's not like like I still don't like him and Yeah. But I see there either in the other chapters he was just like by far the worst a person could be was yes. how he was. Yeah. This chapter he's just kind of like stop being such a jerk and that's the extent of it. Yeah, like it's not he, much yeah. worse than that. Uh-huh. I agree. Um and uh Kaladin has Syl stay up at night to protect him during while he sleeps. Just to make sure that no one goes to kill Gaz. I freaking love Syl. Um, and Syl's great. This whole chapter, by the way, she's super cute, zipping she around, so being all cute. sweet. Um, and uh, Kaladin's like, now I guess what I'm going to do. Uh, and he walks over to the uh place where they're building bridges, the like lumber yard. Yeah. Uh, asks them. He finds like one of the bars of the bridges that's not attached yet. And says, Yeah. Can I borrow this? And the guy building is just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, and, of course, Kaladin pops it on his shoulder and starts running back and forth. He's working out by himself. He does this for, like, hours. Yeah, just back and forth and back and forth, running and running and running. Yeah. While Bridgman sit there and watch him, like, stunned. Like, what is this idiot doing, essentially? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, he just kind of keeps running. And... Uh, eventually, he finishes his workout. Yeah, and the, a few of the bridgemen from his crew walk over to look like to be like look at the board he had. Yeah, and Rock, the big the big horn eater man, uh, was like picking it up and looking at it. And Callan looks, and the bridgeman Teft, the first guy whose name he was given. Yeah, yeah. Uh, goes uh, basically the horn eater bet us each a few chips that you would use to, like a fake one to impress us. Yeah, and the horn eater is like, "What in the world, man? What are you doing?" Yeah. Which is, it feels fair. Like, that seems like a fair reaction to me. Like, he's just casually deciding to pick up this giant piece of bridge and let's run around with it and wear my stuff out, even though I have bridge duty this afternoon. Maybe that wasn't the smartest thing to do. You're not supposed to work out yeah. and then go to a workout later <laughs> in the day. That's not not great for your body. Don't do this thing. Um, 
but Cal- it was more of a point I think Callan was trying to make. I know. I, I get. I get the point. It's just I thought about this. I was like, what happens if he has to go on a bridge run? Yeah, he's gonna be wiped already. Uh, he then dismisses them for lunch, and they're all like, "Look at him weird because you don't dismiss me. I'm allowed to go when I want." Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah. That's that's kind of what he does for that with with them. They all kind of walk away. He runs down to an alley and starts stretching because he didn't want to show that he was sore, but he is. He's like out of breath, like yeah, struggling to breathe. Um, and then uh, while they're in the alley, uh, Sil goes, Kaladin, I have something I, to tell can you. Can we do a dramatic reading here? Oh, of course. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> way to do it. You're right. You're right. Right. Here it goes. Kaladin, she said. I have something to tell you. He closed his eyes again. Kaladin, this is important. He felt a slight jolt of energy on his eyelid. It was a very strange sensation. He grumbled, opening his eyes and forcing himself to sit. She walked in the air as if circumnavigating an invisible sphere until she was standing up in the right direction. I have decided, Syl declared, that I'm glad you kept your words to Gaz, even if he is a disgusting person. It took Kaladin a moment to realize what she was talking about. The spheres? She nodded. I thought you might break your word, but I'm glad you didn't. All right. Well, thank you for telling me, I guess. Kaladin, she said petulantly, making fists at her side. This is important. I... He trailed off, then rested his head back against the wall. Still, I can barely breathe, let alone think. Please, just tell me what's bothering you. I know what a lie is, she said, moving over and sitting on his knee. A few weeks ago... I didn't even understand the concept of lying. But now, I'm happy that you didn't lie. Don't you see? No. I'm changing! She shivered. It must have been an intentional action, for her entire figure fuzzed for a moment. I know things I didn't just a few days ago. It feels so strange. Well, I guess that's a good thing. I mean, the more you understand, the better, right? She looked down. When I found you near the chasm after the high storm yesterday, she whispered, you were going to kill yourself, weren't you? Kaladin didn't respond. Yesterday. That was an eternity ago. I gave you a leaf, she said. A poisonous leaf. You could have used it to kill yourself or someone else. That's what you were probably planning to use it for in the first place, back in the wagons. She looked back up into his eyes and her tiny voice seemed terrified. Today, I know what death is. Why do I know what death is, Kaladin? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, can I just say, first off, I love playing Syl. Yeah. She's just so, I like being like. <gasps> she's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> she's just, she's so cute. Um, We were going to do the entire thing because there's a lot that happens here, but. That's a good part of the end. Yeah. It gives us the idea. Syl is is changing for some reason and it's actually scaring her. Kaladin's like, who gives a crap, Syl? But he does kind of like get the point that, oh, wait a minute. There's something kind of going on here. Like it it takes a little bit for him to recognize that this is a weird thing that's happening. But yeah. Also, side thing. If the if the audio sounded weird there, it's because two different times during that reading somebody walked into the room <laughs> recording it. Yeah. So if you hear if you hear little cuts that sound not quite perfect, I promise I did my best. <laughs> but yeah. we were interrupted twice, so Woo. we'll see how it goes. Um. Anyway, Kaladin and still get back to talking. Yes. Um. Basically, uh, learning that that uh, still is changing, and she's like, 
really confused. Um, uh, she, she asks, what am I? And Calvin says, it doesn't matter. She says, shouldn't it? And he says, I don't know what I am either. Am I a bridgeman, a surgeon, a soldier, a slave? They're just labels. And yeah. I love this sentence. Inside, I'm me, which is, that's how life that, is. Yes, that is a very good statement. Like, yeah, it's good. I like it. Go yeah. Kaladin. Uh, also, Kaladin is just like being another downer again. That's how I am. Bringing death and lies wherever I go. He is he is a little Debbie Downer here. What is the Night Watcher? Seems like something of his lore, doesn't it? They say it a couple times throughout the book. They call him, they, they seems like the devil or, or like the Grim okay. Reaper. Because I bring death and lies yeah, just yeah, like yeah, me yeah. and the Night Watcher. Yeah. I don't know. That makes sense. It hasn't been addressed like directly. Okay. But my, my intuition is it's, it's some kind of fantasy Grim Reaper. Okay. That makes sense. If you, I mean, essentially in this book, you can context clues a lot of things where it's like, that was a weird fantasy term. You yeah. context clues probably means something. Uh, let's just assume. Yeah. I was just curious if there was an actual like thing that I had missed about what it was or yeah. if not. And uh, essentially, they they just kind of end the chapter chatting. Yeah. They just kind of talking. More and, or less, yeah. Uh, yeah. Syl is unco- made uncomfortable by the idea of death and the fact that she understands it makes her uncomfortable. Which Ca- is fair. Yeah. If you've spent your life not knowing what death is... I would also be concerned. <laughs> I mean, enough. it's true, wouldn't you? At what age do you think children understand the idea of death? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I mean, it had to have been like, I don't ever remember being like, oh my gosh, death. Like, yeah. you know, it had to have been before I could remember. I think that's something that like, I mean, little kids, a lot of times, if someone like close to their family dies, they yeah. don't fully understand what's happening. Yeah. But I do think they it's like a gradual grasp where you get oh they're not coming back yeah kind of thing and i i think i never i never had a time in my brain that i can remember not understanding Uh that they're gone right yeah i i agree with that but i think also growing up in i grew up with a christian household and so heaven was a nice little landing pad for for any kind of insecurity about that so i guess that probably helped me a little bit. I guess people who didn't grow up that way might have a harder time grasping death as a child. Yeah. My family is not, I, we really didn't have like, I don't really remember like, yeah. I don't know that I'd ever been a, to a funeral or anything like that until I was like middle school. Yeah. So I, by that point, obviously would already have grasped what death was. So I never really. Like, Despair, death, you know? all that, all that mumbo jumbo. Who cares? <laughs> Get into your chapter now. Okay, yeah. So my chapter, chapter 15, uh, is titled The Decoy. It's a long one, so I'll, chapter, I'll try my best to get fast. This get chapter it. is on its own over an hour long in the audiobook. I'll try not to make it an hour for you guys because I'm sure you don't <laughs> want to listen to me talk for an hour. But um, I'll I hope they do. They're here. <laughs> I hope they're okay well, with listening to you talk for at least okay, an hour. That's true. Um, anyways, I'll read the little, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the little letter thingy. So it says, You do not agree with my quest. I understand that. So much as it is possible to understand someone with whom I disagree so completely. It's kind of fun. Yeah, it's a little letter. Yeah, it's cute. It's written very well. Uh Uh-huh. It's kind of, I like, I kind of like that sentence. You want to guess who wrote it? Uh, Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I have no. I thought we were harmonizing. You guys don't come here to listen to us rec- talk about books. You come here to listen to us harmonize. You ready? You go first. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Okay, begin, we're moving begin, on. begin, begin. So we're back now to um, Adolin and uh, his father, uh, Dalinar. 
you had a moment where you just didn't know that name. I saw it in your well, eyes. <laughs> it's because in my brain, every single time I read it, I read his name as Adeline. I yeah. can't not read it as Adeline. It's but Adeline. I know you pronounce it as Adeline. Yeah. And so it's it's literally, I have to think about it to get it <laughs> to, to come out right. Because I read it as Adeline. Literally, when I was reading this today, I would get to his name and I'd be like, Adeline in my head and my brain would be like no it's Adeline <laughs> like, it's like a whole argument in my head also listener it's a fun thing that happens we have our books open on our laps when we're talking about this yeah. if you couldn't tell and a fun thing that happens sometimes is we forget a name and then the other host watches our eyes <laughs> desperately dart around the page <laughs> trying to find the name of the dude that yeah. we know is there somewhere <laughs> or just find the information in general it's like I know what happens I know what happens where is it where is it yeah it's, it <laughs> it's is a little a bit stressful yeah anyways it's hard to remember all the details we want to talk about yeah okay anyways so this is four hours if you remember last chapter um or last not last chapter last week they just finished fighting and killing off the chasm fiend and so basically this is four hours later yep um they're currently stuck on a plateau because the bridge got destroyed by yep. the, the creature and they could go around, like go the wrong direction and go around. Mm-hmm. But um, Dalinar has decided that it would be better for them to. Uh, he sent soldiers to go get a bridge crew. So now there's a bridge crew coming to get them. Ooh, what a Sadius is too. Dalinar, yeah. that's a no no. That's a no no. Dalinar, that's a no no. Let's be liking you, bud. You <laughs> I guess, to be fair, not a dangerous bridge run. So that's no. not that big of a deal. Yes, not great still, but not. Yeah, they're not going to die doing it, which I'm sure is. Because Dalinar doesn't use bridge crews. Yeah, so he used troll sure, pulled bridges. Yes, his bridges, yes, are, are pulled. Um, and so I imagine his way of being like, okay, well, this is something I have to do. I don't have really a choice because we need to get out of here. And also, it would be faster because the um, his bridges are a lot slower. Yeah. Because so it'll be a lot faster. Essentially, for- imagine like cows pulling a giant bridge. Yes. They don't walk very fast. <laughs> yes. Um. So they're waiting for these bridge crews to come in, and they're just kind of, you know, chilling. Uh, Adeline is currently, he's getting like what was that? the death. Adeline? Try Adeline? Working. There you go. Gosh, <laughs> it. I hate that. It should be Adeline. It should be Adeline. I don't disagree. That upsets me that it's Adeline. The, ad- the audiobook says Adeline. It might, I mean, Brandon says something different than the audiobook does. Yeah. So it might be Adeline. I think Brandon's whole deal is as long as you're consistent internally, you can read it however you want to read it. Does that make sense? Yes. So I think you can say from now on, I'm going to make this announcement. I'm going to keep calling them Adeline. You can go ahead and call it Adeline. Thank you. Begin. Yes. Okay. Adeline <laughs> um, is so there were quite a few people who died in the the battle. Um, and so he is currently walking around like there's people laying on the ground being like because there's always a surgeon around. Dalinar always makes her sure there's a surgeon. And so yeah. There's people laying on the ground, like, you know, getting checked over by the surgeon. Um, but uh, Adeline is currently um, walking around and getting, like, the, like, death toll. Like, yeah. the, the injured and the death toll. He's getting that. And so he's just gotten this information. And he needs to head back to uh, the king's pavilion to report his, to give him the casualty report, basically. Yeah. Um, and then now we switch perspectives. So now we go to Dalinar's perspective and Dalinar's kind of looking out and thinking about the fact that um, they've been at war for nearly six years. Oh, gosh. And it started off as just like a war, right? Yeah. It started off as they had this plan. It's a good plan. The reason they started fighting on the Shattered Plains is because they thought that would be a good way to get the Parshani trapped. 
Yep. They figured because I knew the Parshendi couldn't jump over the chasms, and they figured that was a good way to get them trapped on one specific plateau, and then get rid of them that way. And they also knew Wait, that come out. they can jump the plaza chasms. They couldn't at first. Now they have like the little stick thingies so they can jump. They no, did mention it at some point that they can't I think, jump. I think up. they mentioned that the, the Parshendi can jump chasms. Did I miss No, it that? says, and the Parshendi could not jump the distance between them. Where does that say it? Right here on pay this right here the Parshani could where, not jump the distance between them. Where where what, what's okay? Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's talking about the the farther east plateaus where it's what weathered down. Okay, further. well, regardless, they yeah, can't jump over the. They can. They, the way that Parshani move towards them is because it's narrow chasms that direction. They jump the chasms. Okay, well, I'm talking the big chasms. They yeah, can't jump. Sorry, over. I was confused because I was like. I'm pretty sure they do jump chasms. Okay, well, they do, but not in that. They can't go yeah. in that direction. Uh, the, yes. Okay. It's got it. So, so like, um, essentially, they're back to a wall now. Yes, they can't jump that yeah, direction. Yeah, that was their plan. My and bad. They my also, bad. Yeah, you're fine. They also figured that they, the Parshani would eventually run out of supplies. food and supplies. Um, but that's not what happened uh, because they found gem hearts, and so now basically the war has gone from the Alethi trying to take revenge for the Parshani killing their king. Yeah. It has gone from that to now they're just competing to get gem hearts. And it's so basically, yes, it's a game. Every single time there's a, like a, a fight yeah. is just for gem hearts. They're not like, basically it's, they, they're scouts for both sides. They're scouts at, around. Yep. The scouts see uh, like a chasm fiend or whatever, you know. The chrysalis of a yeah, chasm the, fiend. Yes, the chrysalis where they can find the gem hearts. Coming to pupate. And they see them and they're like, okay. And so then it's Charge! just a race. Yes, it's yeah. just a straight race to whoever can get there first. And they're collecting. It's, it's a game. Yes. Um. And Dalinar hates it. I don't blame him. I hate it for him. Like reading <laughs> this, I'm gonna be honest. Reading this, I was like, "Erg!" Like the anger I felt was real. I was like, <laughs> "You've got to be kidding me!" And keep in mind, I was reading this at seven thirty something this morning. Oh wow! I have been up since five forty-five a.m. I'm a little sleepy. Uh, but yes, I was reading this pretty early in the morning, and I was like, "Stop it! Why you do this thing?" Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dalinar is not not a big fan. Um, he, that's basically all he thinks about here in this section is just how much he hates this war that this war, quote unquote, that's happening. Um, he thinks about again about his visions. Uh, and he's like, he's not really sure what he believes because he's like, is it really the Almighty speaking to me or? Or what? Wait, I think you may have. Where I, I need to figure I skipped out. a little bit because yeah. it's just. There's him an important thing. No, there's an important thing. Uh, go to the one that says Dalinar smiled, looking at his son. Read the uh, read that chapter real fast. Yeah. So um, Dalinar at one point looks at looks at uh, Adeline and basically thinks about the fact that uh, he remembers. Okay, so he knows that Adeline looks like his his wife. Yeah. But he doesn't remember what his wife looks like. He doesn't remember her name. He can't remember anything about her, which is really weird. She has been excised from his memory, yes. leaving nothing but strange gaps and foggy areas. Yes. I kind of forgot that had That's happened. some theory bait. Yeah. A little, a little strange. Someone will say her name and it slips, off know, the, it slips out of his mind like yes. butter on a hot knife. Do we know when she died, left? Whatever happened to her? Like no. how old Adeline was? We know almost nothing yet. Okay. Well, we know how Adeline had to at least be a couple years old because he's yeah. got a younger brother. But all we know is that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we know, we know Adeline was around for a minute. Yeah. Um, but all we know about his wife really was that for some reason, 
She probably had blonde hair yeah. because Adolin has blonde specks. Yeah. And for some reason, Dalinar just his brain cannot comprehend her. Yes. So we need to theorize about that later. This chapter we'll is so long. Later. This chapter is so long. Do it now. Oh, okay. Um, we'll do it now. <laughs> so I think that ooh, ooh, I think that she left to help the Parshendi. I think I don't think she's dead. Okay, okay. I don't think she's dead. I think she's alive still somewhere for some reason. Um. But I think that she left for some reason um, or got like taken or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I think it was – I think she got taken. I Not taken. I think she left to go to like okay. the Parshani or something. And he was so upset, broken about it yeah. that his brain just poof, gone. It's like a trauma wall. Yes. Okay. That's yes. a good question. Good guess. Okay. All right. Sorry. I just I, – that was – that's an important like little yeah, mystery. Sorry. That he, I forgot about that. It, that there, this okay. gets like sp- – that's, lost in everything happening. There's here. one chapter, Dalinar's thinking, one chapter of important information, Dalinar's thinking again. Yes. So I see how you could have skipped yes. that one by mistake. I, I read it when I read it and realized it and thought about it, but yeah. I skipped it when I was doing this. Um. But anyways, so he, he was thinking about his visions, and as he's thinking about them, he spots uh, Sadius? Sadius? Yep, something like that. Um, for he sure. Spots, he spots Sadius. For sure, one of those two. Yep. Absolutely. He, he spots Sadius, and they catch each other's eye, and they nod at each other. But like yep. they have like this invisible pact, and basically their nod says, "My part is done." Yeah, and uh, Sadius leaves, and basically they've made this this deal. Um, we don't fully know it what it is yet, but we'll find yeah. out here in a little bit. Um, but basically they they've so, made wait, this real deal. Quick. I'm so sorry to interrupt again. Okay. Uh, you mentioned this before. I interrupted you the first time. This is why I interrupted again. Okay. Dalinar spent some time thinking about his visions and then the, the words unite them from the vision yeah. of the high storm keep yeah. coming to his mind. Yes. So that, that's an important thing that he something about the vision during the high storm, he heard unite them. Yes. And now he keeps thinking where he's he when he's super frustrated at the the high princes, he is very frustrated fr- frustrated at them. He keeps hearing that word. They're they're not even worth bothering fighting anymore. They're just they're just a, a, playing a game, unite them. Yes. It's like that that's an important thing. He keeps hearing that in his head. Yes. Um, so basically back to Sadius. Yeah. So Sadius leaves and Dalinar remembers that he basically says Sadius had remembered the reason for inviting Vama on the hunt and Vama is one of the other high princes. Yes. And Dalinar needs to go seek him out. But as he's about to leave, he spots, um, Adeline and Renarin lurking near the king and Dal, Dal- oops, sorry, Dalinar, too many names. Um, Dalinar is like, oh man, why does, why does Adeline hate? Sadius so much because yeah. he's clearly like kind of lurking because um, Sadius is chatting with the king right now. But as we learn kind of though Dalinar also hates him so yes. it kind of seems fair. But they have a very different dynamic. Yes. Which yes. we'll find out here in a bit. Um, but as uh, Dalinar goes to find Vama uh, the king calls him over and is like uh, he says Sadius tells me he has won three gem hearts in the last week alone and Dalinar is like Good for him. Okay. <laughs> and the king's like, how many have you won before today? And Dalinar's like, none. Yeah. And the king is like, uh, well, it's Sadius's bridges. They're obviously more efficient than yours. And Dalinar's like, I don't really care. I'm not killing a crap ton of people every single time I go on a, on a run. Yeah. Like, you know, basically, he's like, my bridges might be slow, but Sadius's bridges waste a crap ton of lives. And Sadius is like, okay, but... um. Who cares? I'm yeah. winning. Like no one cares. And they're they're murderers, they're terrible people. Yeah. And Dalinar Dalinar says the code state that a general may not ask a man to do anything he would not do himself. 
tell me, Sadius, would you run at the front of these bridges you use? And Sadius is like, well, I wouldn't eat gruel either or cut ditches. So Which who he cares? makes the soldiers do. Yes. And Dalinar's like, okay, but the bridges are different. You won't even let them use armor or shields. And we find out that Sadius did originally let them use armor and shields, but then realized that that stopped the Parshani. So basically the whole point of the bridge men is the Parshani, for whatever reason, always aim at the bridgemen first. Right. And when they had when the bridgemen had shields and armor, they started aiming, ignoring them and aiming over to the soldiers. And Sidious is like, I don't really care if these people, these slaves, murderers, these people die versus my soldiers. In fact, not even I don't even care. I want them to. Yeah. The, he, what, basically what he says is their primary function isn't even to get the bridge there. Their primary function is to die. Yeah. So that we don't. Yes. Also, there's one thing I want I want to read. You pass it a little bit, but I want to read the little a little um shade that Sadius throws at Dalinar. Yeah. Uh uh says, like, what have you been up to? And uh Dalinar says, um, I've been with busy with other important things. And Sadius immediately goes, More important than the war? More important than vengeance? Is that possible? Or are you just making excuses? Sadius is a butthole. Yeah, he's I the, I kind of was couching Gaz. Because I think Sadius is worse, in my opinion. Honestly, right now, I think I can agree with that. He's kind he's, of, he's so mean. But also, we kind of understand, I don't, I don't know how to feel. I don't know how I'm to feel I'm very conflicted about every character. I also am a f- conflicted about him because Late- he's a butthole. But I also kind of understand, like, later on, he gets kind of like a redemption, a redemption, redemption arc, sort of. Go ahead and go ahead and uh, keep going. Get to yeah. that redemption. Um, so, uh, after this little, uh, com- well, actually, during this conversation, um, Dalinar thinks about what uh, Gavilar had, uh, what's his name, Zeth, right, in his blood. Um, so he, he thinks about, it said, brother, you must find the most important words a man can say. And we find out that that's a quote from a text called The, the Way, Way of Kings. Kings. Yay! <laughs> Written by Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And that actually, The Way of Kings, he has mentioned a couple times in this chapter. And I just thought that was funny. Weirdly enough, now, if in the real world, Earth, us, if you said the sentence... You must find the most important words a man can say. That is now also a quote from an obscure book called The Way of Kings, <laughs> in which it's an obscure quote from an obscure book called The Way of Kings. Like <laughs> it's, it's, funny. it's become an inter- like it's become a weird little um weird little what's it called? Where it's like a circular logic where now the quote in our world references the book, The Way of Kings, uh-huh. where it's a quote that references the book, The Way of Kings. Yeah. That that makes me laugh. I that like is it. Funny. Um, but basically, when he thinks about this, uh, he thinks about the fact that this book would disagree with everything Sadius is implying. And uh, Sadius says, surely you can't argue with how effective my method has been. And Dalinar says, sometimes the prize is not worth the cost. The means by which we achieve victory are as important as the victory itself. And everyone looks at him like he's crazy. Because that's not Alethi. Yes. Alethi is like, win by any means. That's yes. their culture. And Kat Dalinar's like, maybe we should like, try and be good people and win and they're all like what yeah no yeah and then Sadius insults him again and Adeline decides he's had enough and snaps at him and it's like I want to fight you right now did you not just watch like a couple hours ago what my father did you were standing like a coward with a bow and my father was standing underneath a freaking foot Adeline says Dalinar Uh, restrain yourself. Yeah, Dalinar's not happy about that. He's like, that's a little too far. You can't call this man a coward. Adeline, he, Dalinar's whole deal is like weirdly mega respect for literally every other human being. And then... They don't deserve it. Yeah, and then Sadius insults the sons. He says, 
One son can barely control himself, and the other is incompetent. This is your legacy, old friend. And then um, Wait, he I, says, "Can we do? Can we? Can we read this section?" Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. This this whole interaction is so good. I want to read it. Okay. Sadius turned to Dalinar, smirking. One son can barely control himself, and the other is incompetent. This is your legacy, old friend. I am proud of them both, Sadius. Whatever you think. The firebrand I can understand, Sadius said. You were once impetuous just like him. But the other one? You saw how he ran out onto the field today. He even forgot to draw his sword or bow. He's useless. Renarin flushed, looking down. Adolin snapped his head up. He thrust his hand to the side again, stepping forward towards Sadius. Adolin, Dalinar said. I will handle this. Adolin looked at him, blue eyes alight with rage, but he did not summon his blade. Dalinar turned his attention to Sadius, speaking very softly, very pointedly. Sadius, surely I did not just hear you openly, before the king, call my son useless. Surely you would not say that, as such an insult would demand that I summon my blade and seek your blood. Shatter the vengeance pact. Cause the king's two greatest allies to kill one another. Surely you would not have been that foolish. Surely I misheard. Everything grew still. Sadius hesitated. He didn't back down. He met Dalinar's gaze, but he did hesitate. Perhaps, Sadius said slowly, you did hear the wrong words. I would not insult your son. That would not have been wise of me. That's He's I, such a butthole. I but I also love Dalinar. His whole thing is being respectful and nice and kind, but he also can handle himself. The thing is, he's an old man that people make fun of, but also the idea of him attacking you, yeah, is too scary to do it because he's the freaking Blackthorn. Yes, I think I love I love the respect that Dalinar. Anytime that he shows, like, because right now people are talking bad about him, yeah, but the instant that he shows any teeth, people are immediately backing away yes. because he is the freaking Blackthorn. I think I think that. Adeline thinks that he needs to protect his father, but he doesn't. His father caught the leg. Like, he caught it. Like, that. the, the image is a 40-foot-tall crab monster. Yes. And a dude in armor caught it. Like, you don't need to protect Dalinar. I, I'll say it again. He's the freaking Blackthorn. Yes. You don't know anything. Sydney, as we go further in these books, you'll start to understand why that's so exciting to call him. <laughs> but um, continue. Um, so basically, at this point, the king's like, okay, we're done. That's enough. Let's move on. Also, sorry for such like a, a weird, tense, dramatic reading. That was, <laughs> that was the most like dramatic reading that I've ever done with this. <laughs> we, were, we were like looking at each other like glaring as we did it. Because... <laughs> That we were in our characters. Normally, it's like silly, goofy mode. That was like actually kind of like angry at each other voices. <laughs> we really got into it. Too bad you couldn't see it, guys. We were really into it. Just taking all my frustration out on Cohen. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. Um, anyways, at this point, our favorite person, Wit, pops up. Mm, and mm-hmm. <laughs> heck yeah. And Wit. Wit is like shows up and starts just immediately bashing Sadius. Love him. Which after everything that's w- happened is so IT. funny. <laughs> Freaking love Wit. You didn't get my joke. What'd you say? I said W oh. I T. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I thought that was a good one. You didn't know. That really was pretty good. So I didn't, I didn't understand it at first. I yeah, okay. Um, anyways, and Sadius is just not having it. He's not happy. He's like, really, do we have to do this? 
he like talks to the king and he's like, why must we put up with him? And the king is like, I like him. He makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. And Sidious is like, seriously, like you are laughing at the expense of those who are loyal to you. Like he's upset about it. Yeah. And he gets so upset that he literally thinks about just getting rid of Wit. Like he, he, there's a part of Sidious that really, really wants to kill Wit. His hand has gone to his sword. He wants to fight him. And basically we learn that Sadius can legally kill the king's wit. That's yeah. not illegal. He can do that. But if he does do that, he forfeits his title and his land. And most people don't care enough to do yeah. that. They're not going to risk forfeiting everything they have. Wit is in Because in this, in this culture, insults lead to fighting. That's, uh-huh. that's legal and fine. Yes. So Wit's whole job is to insult. And so leading to fighting makes sense. But I love Wit. He's intentionally making uh, Sadius so freaking mad. Yeah. And then he says... So what of it, Sadius? Are you going to do it? Do uh, Roshar a favor and rid it of us both? Because if you kill me, you're, you lose your name. So it's, it, Wit's like literally like trying to get Sadius to kill him so that Sadius loses his power. Wit's like, do it. I, bear, I dare you. Do it. What are you going to do, Sadius? Yeah. You going to do it? And I, I freaking love Wit. Yeah. Wit, Wit's funny. I like Wit too. Um, It just, it's such a interesting little thing. Like, yeah. He kind of has his own like form of protection also, in a way. Elokar says, Wit, Sidious is my favor. There's no need to torment him. And Wit says, I disagree. The, the king's favor may be torment enough for most men, but not him. Yeah. <laughs> Can I point out something that I missed yeah, that I miss? think is funny? Yeah. Nothing like important, but I thought it was funny. Probably is important. Every detail is important. Um, Wit at some point, uh, Sidious is, or her, sorry, hold on. Try, start over, start over. Sadius is like calling Wit a fool, and Wit it, Wit says, "If the Wit is a fool, then it is a sorry state for men. I shall offer you this, Sadius. If you can speak, yet say nothing ridiculous, I will leave you alone for the rest of the week." And Sadius replies with, "Well, I think that shouldn't be too difficult." And Wit says, "And yet you failed, for you said I think, and I can imagine nothing so ridiculous as the concept of you thinking," <laughs> and then, which is funny. And then he looks at uh, Renarin and says, "Um." Your father wishes me to leave you alone. Can you speak yet say nothing ridiculous? And Renarin's response is nothing ridiculous. And then Wit cracks up about that. You know why? Because Wit knows what no one else does. That Renar- like Wit values Renarin yeah. and he is the only person nice to him. Yes. He did that. And I bet you money, anything Renarin said, Wit would have complimented. Because, yeah, maybe. Because Wit has made it clear. I like Renarin. Yes. I make fun of him, but every joke he's made about Renarin, instead of it being like, he made a joke about Sadia saying, you can't get women, so you pay women. Yeah. That was his joke for him. The joke about Renarin was, you're so dashing with women that you got two and I got one. Uh-huh. Like, so his jokes to Renarin, if you watch, none of them are mean, even despite Renarin being like bad at fighting and having a blood sickness. Yeah. Those, he's an easy target. But we, instead of taking the easy target, only could jokes to raise him up. I freaking love Wit. I love Wit, Wit too. He's, because if you, you, I am mostly against analyzing literature to that deep of a degree. Like I think, I think a lot of literature is good to analyze, but sometimes this is the thing I say often. Sometimes purple drapes are just purple because the author likes that color. I just had a moment. What? What if Wit is Hoyd? You want to do the Hoyd alarm? Yeah. Remember I said earlier. Are you kidding me? Hold on. Wait a minute. I feel like. Wit could 100% be Hoyd because this Wit just showed up. 
Like not that long ago. Like only been there for a couple months. Do the if you if you think you're right, do the hoi alarm. I don't remember what the hoi alarm. Which is us saying hoi. All right. So now now that you think that that's I can't okay, that's I my can't theory. say anything. So I'm not going to say yes or no. I would not be the least bit surprised if wit is hoid. So operate under that assumption. If you think I'm that's true, to. operate under that assumption. Okay. Sorry. Um, let's move on now. <laughs> that's uh, so um, wit leaves and uh, Adeline... I can't believe the hoid alarm came in so quickly. We set that bit up last week. <laughs> that's crazy that you were this week. like, I think I found him. Well, I was just sitting here and I was like, <laughs> I was like, this kind of reminds me of the hoid I remember from. Uh, Warbreaker, just like I don't know. Yeah, I get like funny, silly vibes from Hoyd, and so I could totally yeah. see Hoyd being wit. And also in the Warbreaker, his whole thing was being smart with his word choice uh-huh. in order to not offend people. Uh huh. Um. So, okay, I think I'm right. Wait, also, real quick, real quick. <laughs> yeah. Can I give you alerts for other world jumpers you should keep your eyes out for, sure. so that you can make alarms ready for them? Okay. There's two that I know that you would know. Vasher is here somewhere, so keep an eye out for Vasher. <gasps> Vasher's here. Keep an eye out for Vasher. Oh, freaking love Vasher. And oh, the woman that Vasher ran off with. What's her name? The the princess. Vavena. Vavena is here Vavena's somewhere. Vavena is also here. So keep an eye out for those two. They both jump together. But pop off. So keep an eye out for them. Love that. Uh, it's. I don't think it's a spoiler really because they're the fact that they are who they are doesn't change the story at all. Yeah. But it's still fun to do a do a, a little alarm. Keep an eye out for those two. Keep them in the back of your mind. Love it. Um. Hoyd does change the story so uh, more than the other two. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I wouldn't have told you until it said that I'm he's I'm going to be upset if Wit's not Hoyd. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'll cry. I will. Okay, anyways, I want to I wanna get to this chapter. Let's go. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, having, I'm actually having a great time discussing with <laughs> you. It's, it's great. Me too. Um, anyways, so basically this little section, um, there's like another jump. But this section ends with, uh, the king basically asking Dalinar to uh, look into the something he asked about earlier, and uh, that's where it kind of ends. Uh, they go off, and and that feels like the end of a chapter to me. Yeah, it's weird that this chapter keeps going because right there is like a perfect spot to end it. Yes, because it's like oh, setting up a cliffhanger. Yeah, but then immediately they're like, and here's what it was about. Yes, like it's not really. I don't know. That that always confused me why they didn't end it there and then like shove a cattle in it and then get back to it or something. Yes. Um, so anyways, sorry, you're good. Um, so anyways, uh, it now switches back to Adeline's perspective and he's holding a, uh, like a, a horse's girth in his hand and yep. it's the girth that snapped. So if you remember, um, when the King was on his horse, he fell off because his girth snapped. And so his saddle went flying. Now you understand why I made sure you said it right last week. Last week you said he fell off and I said, wait, what happened? Oh, and you said it. Yeah. That's clearly important. Yeah. Um. So basically, they're looking at it because the king asked to check and see if it snapped because it was already breaking, yeah. or if someone cut it. Ooh, and, intrigue. Ooh. And so looking at it, um, they can't really tell. Like, there's a chance it could have been cut because there's a, one of the sides is like smoother than yeah. it would be if it just been ripped. But they're not sure. Ripped, it's in a spot where, even though they have people who check that, yeah. it's in a spot where they may have missed it. Yeah. So they, they can't really tell. Um, and also, what a weird way to try and assassinate the king. Yes. Like, because everyone knows he has a uh, shard plate. So it wouldn't be like really that dangerous or anything for uh, Elagar to fall off his horse because he has shard plate, like golden. Yeah. So it, it, if it was an assassination attempt, it was a weak one at best. Yes. Um, and Adeline's like, he doesn't believe that it's an assassination attempt because he's like, the king sees danger in everything. Like yeah. He sees assassination in literally every single thing. He's so paranoid. Yeah. And then they go on this Which rant. is fair. His dad. Yes. 
got mega assassinated. Yes, I I totally get it. It's a hundred percent a fair thing to be worried about in yeah. a situation like that. Yeah. Um, and then they continue on and basically start talking about uh Sadius and how much uh Adeline hates Sadius. Like <laughs> literally. This is a whole section about me too, about Adeline. Not, me too, uh, buddy. Yes, about Adeline not liking him and Adeline felt weird saying Adeline. It's Sorry, just it's, Adeline. No, no, no. I I copied you, and then when I said it, it felt it felt weird coming oh. out of my mouth. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um. But yeah, basically, you know, uh, Adeline just doesn't like Sadius at all, and they discuss this, and Dalinar is like, okay, look, you know, it's really he's not that bad. Um, and, but they actually, uh, Adeline asks, he's like, is it possible that like someone on this trip did this? Like if it was an assassination attempt, is it possible that someone here did this? And then he thinks, he kind of thinks like, well, maybe it's Sadius. (laughs) And Dalinar's like, no. "No." Um, but basically, uh, Dalinar's given, uh, Adeline the task to backtrack the girth's history and see if he can find a leather worker to look at it and see if it is possible that, um, the rip was caused by someone cutting it instead of just like regular wear and tear. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the end with their discussion about about the girth. Um, and instead they go back to talking about Sadius and uh, Dalinar says, "I want to show you something about Sadius." And so Adeline follows him and they go uh, back to um, a pavilion and inside there's the light eyes are all lounging around because you know. they suck. I don't like light eyes. You know what's weird about this situation? What? The light eyes in this chapter, okay, a crap ton of people just died, right? Yep. And no one seems to care that, like, a, there were, like, 50-some people who died. And servants no one cares. A, servants in attendance, baby, not me. And I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. Hey, hey, Sydney. Yes? These people suck. Yes. <laughs> oh, at college, by the way, listener, we learned about, they're talking about different, uh, one of our classes, Sydney and I are in, talked about different systems of like lead and they talked about the caste system. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. just texted Sydney, nod and nod. <laughs> right in the middle of class. Because for context, for those of you who don't know, the reason Colton and I became friends in the first place is because we have like literally every, every single class, class together yeah. because we have the same major, which I mean, should be kind of o- obvious. We, you know, and the same advisor, so she puts us in the same classes. Yes, and so we're just we're together a lot. But um, yeah, that's that, friends. It's a funny thing. Anyway, besties. Non and Don, very important. Uh, in the next chapter, we'll get back to it. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Adeline follows uh Dalinar into the pavilion, and they go and approach um High Prince Vama. So if you remember earlier, yeah. Sadius and Dalinar had kind of that look together, and yeah, uh, Dalinar thought about Vama, but they never he never actually got to it. Um, so basically, he goes up to uh, Vama and Adeline's like. Remind who is Vama? Vama is like one of the high princes. It's the it's the third high prince on this hunt that has yeah. no armor or sword. Yes. Um. But Adeline follows him, and he's like, "What is going on here?" And uh, basically, Dalinar has this whole conversation with him, reminding him that the king is giving him a uh, soul caster so that he can like feed his army and stuff. Yeah. And uh. Vama has to like continue like you know supporting the king and stuff like that because the yeah. king is giving him it's basically the king's tax yeah. is by giving him soulcasters and he has to pay him back for yeah. that. Yeah, so it, it was uh, Vama was like talking. Dalinar was like, "I hear you building a wall and it looks beautiful. It's very kind of the king to let you use his sh- his his soulcasters yep. for that, isn't it?" And Vama's like, "But I get it." <laughs> yeah, and Vama sees. 
straight through what Dallin is trying to do here. Um, so after that little conversation they have, uh, basically the reason uh, Vama's or the reason Dalinar has this conversation with Vama is because uh, Vama has been complaining vocally a lot about the fees that the king charges to use his soulcasters. And um, Dalinar says, so I reminded Vama of how much he relies on the king. Yep. And what this has to do with Sadius, because um, Adeline's like, okay, I get that. But what does this have to do with Sadius? Like, I don't understand that. And basically what it has to do with Sadius is, um, so actually, as they start to leave, they run into uh, Sadius. And Sadius is like, you talked to Vama? And uh, Dalinar's like, yeah, he saw exactly, he saw through what I was doing. And uh, Sadius is like, well, I wouldn't have expected anything else. And basically, Sadius is increasing the charge that um, he's, he Sadius has like the largest forest in the region. And he's increasing, he's doubling the charge that Vama has to pay to use this forest. And So basically, it's like tag team to body slam Vama. Yeah, basically. Um, they work together to do this. And Adeline's like, oh, wait a minute. That's probably why he was invited to be on this hunt so that they could, you know, go at him at the same time. Yeah, like, ew. So they can like single him out and make him feel like trapped, essentially. Which is kind of a bully move, but kind of deserved also. Yeah. Um, but basically... They just were working together, and so that's what um, Adeline, or that's what Dalinar needed to show Adeline that they were working together in this situation, so that even though they don't like each other, they can still work together right. to protect the king and stuff. Um, and then they get into it again because any every single time Sadie's and Dalinar talk, they have to like argue about something stupid. Um, so in this situation, they argue about the codes, and Sadie's is like, "The codes are nonsense," and yada yada. Yeah, um, devised by poets to describe the way they think things should have been. So yeah. they're saying that the codes aren't actually like made by leaders, but Dalinar is following them now. Yeah. Um, and right before Sadius leaves, uh, he turns to Dalinar and he says, have you found it yet? Why he wrote what he did. And Dalinar shakes his head and Sadius says, you're not going to find the answer. It's a foolish quest, old friend, one that's tearing you apart. I know what happens to you during storms. Your mind is unraveling because of all this stress you put upon yourself. And Dalinar just walks away. He's like, I'm out of here. And Adeline follows and is like, Wait Adeline's like, did they say he wrote? Yes. Men don't write. Men don't write or read. So he's a little bit confused. Honestly, this whole little section is a little confusing. Like, even when I was reading it, I was like, this is weird. What are you um, confused about? Exactly. I'm not confused anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like kind of understanding why Adeline would be a little confused because I was like, okay. It's hard to explain, too, everything that's happening here. Yeah, so it's basically a lot of, like, <laughs> politicking. Yeah. Which is what's happening now this is the kind of thing that i do enjoy a lot of the like looking not at, a fan looking at like i mean honestly if this was real life there'd be more of it than there is but this is like a little glimpse of the idea of they're also kind of leaders of a region so they kind of have to do a little bit of like uh you know manipulating each other and trying to get it uh, yeah the war stuff happens more which is more fun the like actual fighting stuff yeah um but also Hearing from a king who oppresses people is not nearly as fun as hearing from the oppressed. Does that make sense? Yeah. So these people, to me, I'm often like, I want to go back to Kaladin who's like struggling right now. Yeah. Not this fool who's like, I'm rich, so rich that I can think about like philosophy. Yeah. It's whatever. Okay. Um. Instead of explaining this next section, I want to do a dramatic reading for it. Let's get it! Eventually, Dalinar spoke. Have I ever told you what Gavilar's final words to me were? You haven't. I've always wondered about that night. Brother, 
follow the codes tonight. There is something strange upon the winds. That's what he said to me. The last thing he told me just before we began the treaty signing celebration. I didn't realize Uncle Gavilar followed the codes. He's the one who first showed them to me. He found them as a relic of old Alethkar, back when we'd first been united. He began following them shortly before he died. Dalinar grew hesitant. Those were odd days, son. Yasna and I weren't sure what to think of the changes in Gavilar. At the time, I thought the code's foolishness. Even the one that commanded an officer to avoid strong drink during times of war. Especially that one. His voice grew softer. I was unconscious on the ground when Gavilar was murdered. I can remember voices trying to wake me up, but I was too idled by wine. I should have been there for him. He looked at Adelim. I cannot live in the past. It is foolishness to do so. I blame myself for Gavilar's death, but there is nothing to be done for him now. Adeline nodded. Son, I keep hoping that if I make you follow the codes long enough, you will see, as I have, their importance. Hopefully you will not need as dramatic an example of it as I did. Regardless, you need to understand. You speak of Sadius, of beating him, of competing with him. You know of Sadius's part in my brother's death. He was a decoy, Adolin said. Sadius, Gavilar, and Dalinar had been good friends up until the king's death. Everyone knew it. They had conquered Alethkar together. Yes, Dalinar said. He was with the king and heard the soldiers crying that a shard bearer was attacking. The decoy idea was Sadius's plan. He put on one of Gavilar's robes and fled in Gavilar's place. It was suicide what he did, wearing no plate, making a shard bearer assassin chase him. I honestly think it was one of the bravest things I've ever known a man to do. But it failed. Yes, and there's a part of me that can never forgive Sidious for that failure. I know it's irrational, but he should have been there with Gavilar, just like I should have been. We both failed our king, and we cannot forgive one another. But the two of us are still united in one thing. We made a vow on that day. We'd protect Gavilar's son, no matter what the cost, no matter what other things came between us, we would protect Elgar. And so that's why I'm here on these planes. It isn't wealth or glory. I care nothing for those things, not any longer. I came for the brother I loved and for the nephew I love in his own right. And in a way, this is what divides Sadius and me, even as it unites us. Sadius thinks that the best way to protect Elgar is to kill the Parshendi. He drives himself and his men brutally to get to those plateaus and fight. I believe a part of him thinks I'm breaking my vow by not doing the same. But that's not the way to protect Elokar. He needs a stable throne, allies that support him, not high princes that bicker. Making a strong Elokar will protect him better than killing our enemies will. This was Gavilar's life work, uniting the high princes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this actually, okay, learning that Sadius was the one who... Because we read, yes. you know, all about Gavilar's death. And so learning that Sadius was the one. Zeth saw who he thought was the king yes. went off. That honestly makes me like Sadius a little bit more. And he also was like, genuinely, it's suicide. Yeah. Running plateless away from the dude who's going to like, has a shard blade and has murdered 30 guards. Yes. Sadius was like, my king, they will kill me and you will live and that's okay. And that is actually kind of a chill thing that Sadius did. Yeah. Makes me like him a little bit more, honestly. He's still a butthole, but a, a, I like him a little bit more in this. A smaller butthole. A smaller a, butthole. A clenched butthole. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> anyways. Oh, oh gosh. Um, I can't but believe that. <laughs> Adeline is like, oh, wow. Okay. I, I can't believe that he was actually brave like that. And basically, he tells his father that he will watch himself and watch how he acts around Sidious. He still doesn't trust Sidious. Yeah. But he will act better around him and watch how he reacts because yeah. he's like, okay, well, maybe he's not as bad as I first thought. Um, And then they, uh, Adeline asks, uh, wait, what? You said he said something about writing. And so what did he say there? And basically, Dalinar's like, it's a secret that um I share. And the only people who know about it are Yasna and Elokar and Sadius. And Sadius. Yeah. Um, and basically his brother Gavilar, uh, wrote down and we know this, right? We know what, we know what happened. They think he wrote it. So they think Gavilar can write. Yeah. Which is but it shameful. Yes. But it wasn't Gavilar who could write. It was Zeth who wrote it, but they don't realize that. They just know that it's it, the message that was written was in Gavilar's blood and, and they thought Gavilar wrote it. And why would the assassin have come down to see the yes. dead body? They, they have no reason to believe that, right. um, anyone but Gavilar wrote it. And, so basically, he uh, says that um, he tells them the he tells Adeline the quote that uh, was written, and tells him that it's from an ancient book called The Way of Kings. Again, yay! <laughs> basically, um, Gavilar favored the readings from the book at the end of his life, and until recently, they didn't know what the quote was from. And then Yasna found it and uh, told her or told uh, Dalinar about it. And now Dalinar has been uh, listening to it. He says he tells Adeline every once in a while he's been listening to the book because he wants to see if he can figure out yeah. why uh, Gavilar left that note. But we learn he actually listens to it way more often than that. Yes. Um, it's just interesting to me to see that they don't. We know the story. We know the full truth of what happened that night. Or right. like we don't know the reason it happened, but we know that Zeth was the one who wrote the message not brother you must find yeah. the support more than make it gavilar was the one who said it but Zeth was the one who was actually wrote it and it's just yeah. interesting to see that they don't know that yeah so it, it's kind of cool i think um to I, know something i always like in books sometimes knowing things that the characters themselves don't know it's like oh my gosh i wish i could tell you this but yeah. i can't sydney that's this podcast for me with you. <laughs> everything you say a theory i sit here going man she knows nothing or <laughs> man how does she get that <laughs> And it's it's so frustrating not being able to be like, just understand, you know, <laughs> or be like, wow, good guess about Hoyd. Or <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about, Sydney. I'm just kidding. I Sydney, thought it was you couldn't be say. more wrong about that, huh? Uh, uh, I don't believe you. <laughs> you don't have to believe me. It's true. <laughs> uh, I don't believe you. <laughs> don't lie to me. <laughs> Anyways, why are you talking <laughs> like that? Why are you talking like that? Okay. Anyway. Um, basically they just talk about uh, that and then the king uh, comes back over and is like can we leave (laughs) (laughs) this king is such a baby it drives me crazy I'm pretty sure the Shardbearers could leave over and Dalinar's like we're not leaving my men you are not going out by yourself are you dumb basically how this this happens and um, and then uh, the king asks, he he asks what they think about the girth again. So the girth gets brought back up again. And Dalinar's like, we're not leather workers, uh, but there's a solid chance that it may have been cut, but we don't know for sure. And basically, he automatically assumes that, yes, it was cut. If they think it was cut, it was cut. Yeah. Um, 
And then they discuss who is trying to kill, possibly kill him. And uh, the king says, they want me just like they wanted my father. And Dalinar's like, surely you don't think the Parshendi did this? And the king's like, oh, I don't know who did it, but someone, it could be someone on this hunt. I don't know. Um, and the king's like, you don't believe me. Like, basically, he just, he's talking about how he thinks someone killed him. And Dalinar's like, come on, we don't know this for sure. Yeah. And he's like, you don't even believe me right now. And, and so there was just, a moment there where Elikar narrows his eyes. And yes. And realizes there's a second where Elikar thinks maybe Dalinar did it. Yes. And that f- flares a little bit of rage in Adolin. Which would be a plot twist. If That'd Dalinar be such did it? a plot twist. Can you imagine? Okay. Wait, wait, wait. This chapter is super long for Trinity, like many little chapters. Mm-hmm. Sydney. Okay. Did something happen to the, to the strap? I think yes. And I, here's my reason. It. Here's my reason. Real quick before I say who I think did it. I think that yes, somebody did. Yeah. But not because they were trying to assassinate him. Because they were trying. Because they sh- they should know that if he fell off, he wouldn't be in danger. Yeah. I mean, I think they probably figured maybe something crazy would happen. And he would have gotten hurt and that'd be a win. But if he, they figure he probably won't. My thought is they did this to make him think and make him realize that someone is after him. Who to like it? get him stressed out about it. Who do you think? <sighs> I don't know. I don't think I do not think Dalinar would do it. I don't think Adeline would. The do fact it. that we've seen their perspectives and they don't yes. they don't think about the fact that they did it yes. seems like they didn't do it. I I also don't think Sadius did it because I feel like that would be too almost too obvious. That's everyone we've seen, unless you think Wit did it. Honestly, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I this is kind of crazy, hmm. but I feel almost like Dalinar's other son could have done it. Hmm? <laughs> Renarin. Renarin. For what purpose? Because he's tired of being uh shut down. <laughs> I don't know. I that don't... seems like a flimsy argument. I don't actually. If you were, think... <laughs> if you were in a knives out movie, the, you're throwing weak sauce all over me. I don't I actually I don't actually think that Renarin did it, but that'd be wild if he did. Okay, that's your guess though. You don't have anything else to guess. No, I don't really have any other guesses. It could be one of just the random high princes, could be Vama. Maybe Vama. Oh, actually. Could be Vama. Vama seems like a decent guy. Could be a Vama. Could be a Vama. I think it's either Renar and Vama. <laughs> <laughs> Two completely different people. Yeah. I, I also like the vibe of the the son that everyone thinks is weak is about to kill the king. Yeah. That is why I said Renarin. Fair enough. Okay. Get back to it. Sorry about that. You're good. Good you. Anyways, um, they talk again, like what we were just talking about, the fact that it would be a lame assassin attempt, if that's yeah. really what it was. Um. But, you know, Elikar uh, thinks that that's, you know, thinks he was trying to be assassinated. Not a big deal, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Calm down, Elikar. It's not a big deal, my not man. Not a big deal. Um, and he, Elikar leaves and uh, Adeline's like trying to tell Dalinar. He's like, did you see that? Did you see that look he just gave us? Yeah. Like, he thinks that we tried to. He thinks... What? And Dalinar's like, no, I will speak to him. You go look into that strip. And now I think I see the bridge crew coming. Yeah. And so the section ends there and switches back to another decent spot for a chapter end. But we're still going. We're almost done. We have like two pages left. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then we have a whole another chapter left. I know, I know. I feel like I was trying to move fast. And we had a lot of conversation about this. Yeah, because this chapter. So here's a real thing. These chapters, we're introducing the new characters who are pretty important future. And so the author, Brandon Ederson, is doing a thing where he is establishing every detail about these people to try yeah. and get you to like, because 
unlike like Kaladin and Shallan, the backstory isn't the mystery about these people. Yes. The now is. So he's trying to establish as much of the backstory as he can as he goes. Yeah. And so that means it has to have a lot of just like, here's another thing. Yep. Here's another thing that I want yep. you to know. That's yeah. all. Um. Anyways, uh, so the section ends and then we switch back to Dalinar's perspective. I love and, him. He's old and nice. Yes. And, and strong. And Adeline runs away to go to and go sexy. do as he was ordered. You are weird. You're a weird person. <laughs> the, laugh is not, the laugh is not helping your, your case. I'm in, a, I'm in a weird mood right now. Let's keep let's a get silly, this goofy mood. Just a silly, goofy mood. Just a silly, um, goofy guy. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Adeline runs off and Dalinar watches him leave and thinks about, he, he thinks, the lad liked to complain, but he was as good a son as a man could ask for. Absolutely. Fiercely loyal with initiative and a strong sense of command. The soldiers liked him. Perhaps he was a little too friendly with them, but that could be forgiven. Even his hot-headedness could be forgiven, assuming he learned to channel it. Yep. And I like the fact that he's just sitting there thinking about how much he loves his son. To be fair, that's kind of what uh, Sadia said about him earlier. They yeah. called him a firebrand, but he said the firebrand is probably okay. Yeah. Because you're an Alethi guy. And Alethi guys get mad and kill things. That's what we want. Yes. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, Dalinar, after thinking about his son, walks up to his horse. His horse's name is Gallant. If I don't know if I, we said that last week. but Sorry. The Rashadium. Okay. Well, it's still a horse. <laughs> big, big old strong horse. Yeah. He walks up to his horse and his name is Gallant. And he basically tells his horse, he says, I'm sorry. Like, you don't have to. It wasn't your fault you threw me. Like, it's okay. You know, I'm just glad you weren't hurt. And he tells the groom nearby to get uh, the horse extra feed in the evening and two crisp melons. And uh, the guy's like, yes, sir, but he's not going to eat the food. He never does. And basically, uh, these special horses, the Rashadiums, they um, they have this thing where they only take extra food if they think they deserve it. They're just wicked smart. Yeah, which is interesting. And basically, Dalinar's like, tell he literally tells his horse, you deserve this. Eat the extra food and he just has this whole conversation with his horse and the horse finally is like okay fine. <laughs> doesn't say it out loud but yeah okay well it's basically what the horse is thinking yeah um and so he tells a, he tells the groom guy to take care of the horse um i'm gonna take another horse back and so he he gets another horse to take back and he uh hops onto it very carefully because he's still got a sharp plate on and he's aware that it's hard for regular horses to carry people with shard plate on. Yeah, they're not and big so and he, strong. So he's very careful about it, which I appreciate. And then he thinks about, as you mentioned earlier, he thinks about the Way of King's book and how he's actually been reading or having it read to him every night. Yeah. Whereas he told Adeline that he only has heard it a couple times. And then he he thinks about this passage. So Can I do I'm a gonna, dramatic reading of it? I want to read it. Oh, I was going to read it, but okay. You want to read it together? <laughs> how would in that sync, work? In sync. Here we go. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I once saw a spindly man carrying a stone larger than his head upon his back. He stumbled beneath the weight, shirtless under the sun, wearing only a loincloth. He tottered down a busy thoroughfare. People made way for him, not because they sympathized with him, but because they feared the momentum of his steps. You dare not impede one such as this. The monarch is like this man, stumbling along, the weight of a kingdom on his shoulders. Many give way before him, but so few are willing to step in and help carry the stone. They do not wish to attach themselves to the work, lest they condemn themselves to a life full of extra burdens. I left my carriage that day and took up the stone, lifting it for the man. I believe my guards were embarrassed. One could ignore a poor, shirtless wretch doing such labor, but none ignore a king sharing the load. Perhaps we should switch places more often. If a king is seen to assume the burden of the poorest of men, perhaps there will be those who will help him with his own load, so invisible 
yet so daunting. So I want you to theorize, Sydney. Real quick. Yeah. <laughs> you said that we were going to read in sync and right. we tried and got through like a couple words and then just couldn't. Actually, I feel like should, should they just like see us trying? Yeah, for sure. All right. So here's our view attempts <laughs> to get through this sucker in sync. Please enjoy. I, I once saw, saw a spindly, spindly man carrying a stone, stone larger than. We have to restart. You can't laugh. You gotta be very serious. Oh man! Okay, Ready? I, I once saw a spindly, spindly man carrying a stone. I can't do it. Too. I can't do it. We got this. We have to do it. We I just don't said wanna. we would. We just said we would. We no. have to. We have to. Oh. You ready? <laughs> Let's skip the passage. Away. Just read the italic Ooh, parts. Okay. I can't do it. Okay. We can. Can we read every other paragraph? <laughs> every other word. <laughs> That'd be even worse. I once saw. <laughs> it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. Okay. Just read it. Go on. So that didn't work. <laughs> and so yeah. I just read it. So go on, just read it. I want you. Who wrote The Way of Kings? Okay, well, obviously a king. But not Brandon Sanderson. Not Brandon Sanderson. Brandon Sanderson's a king in his own right, though. Yes. <laughs> um he, uh so I'm not entirely sure who. I just want to say real quick before I yeah. think about this too much. Um, I never truly understood the vibes of the kings aren't allowed to do the things the poor people do. Yeah. Because, like, as a king, I feel like it would be really good for you to show unity if you helped the poor people with their struggles. Oh, I feel right? like I talk about this a lot, a lot with, like, rich people. Yes. The idea of, like, I the guy who went to try to race to the moon on his own little spaceship or race to the space on his own little spaceship for PR. Good PR would be like, yo, bros, I fixed hunger. Like, yeah. look at this. Look how cool I am as a rich guy. I fixed it. Like, yeah. The fact that you could do that, you should do it. That's so cool. Yes. And it makes me, it makes me laugh that people don't think that that would be like the best PR. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't agree know. with you on this. The Kings was the same way. If the Kings would just be like, Man, no one's starving anymore. Yeah. So I me. like this King. I'm a fan of whoever this King is. Yeah, whoever is. this guy is. I'm not, I really don't have any opinion of who I think it is, to be honest. That's fair. But I do like him. We do know that we yes. like the way of Kings and yes. like what the morals they are. Uh, I'm stoic. a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah. Um. Anyways, but he, he thinks about the fact that he remembers this story word for word. And he's like, oh, man, can't believe I remember it word for word. <laughs> but then he's also like, well, I do listen to it literally every night because he's still trying to figure out why Gavilar left that yeah. uh, message. Yeah. And again, he, uh, you know, doesn't, you know, he can't, he hasn't figured it out yet. He also knows that he needs to keep it quiet that he remembers this because yep. basically this book is not well liked because it says a lot of things that are really like against the church against yes and ba one of them being that light eyes are actually beneath dark eyes which is interesting um, i i have a suspicion that's not actually the case i think it's i mean i have i'm gonna guess that the sentence that it says are like there are to serve the dark eyes which is the kind of thing i hear this i feel like the same kind of deal it says like people in power they're to serve the the people underneath them, and then people are the people in power are like, nah, -uh. yeah, and that kind of that's kind of the vibe I get from this. Yeah, um, basically it's just not it's not a well liked book, and so down our society to keep it pretty secret. And yeah. so basically the end of the, this chapter finally is that he he gets on uh, to the bridge and uh, they they head back. Yep. All right, I will zoom now through the next chapter, but real quick. There's the Alethi War Codes Can on this page. Can I read page. it? Wait, before you read it, describe the images. This is like, it's like a little scroll is what it's designed like. Yeah. Then there are images up in the top. Describe the images you see. So, in the upper there left, are images of like different people fighting. Upper left, what's happening? Well, the upper, 
upper left, the guy is holding the dude's sword while he's trying to stab him. Looks like he's like clapped his hands on the flat. Uh huh. And then the the picture on the upper right is a dude floating. <laughs> Literally, he's cross-legged yeah. and floating. And a dude whiffs his sword blast because he's floating. Yeah. Um. And then there's there's two normal fights happening, and, and then there's sword. one guy at the bottom. The the five codes are we'll read them alternating. Yeah. Readiness. The officer will be prepared at all times for battle. Never drunken on wine. Never without his weapon. Inspiration. The officer will wear his uniform, women. The officer will wear his uniform when in public to look ready for war and to give strength to his troops. Restraint. The officer will, will refrain from needless duels, arguments, or squabbles with other officers in camp to prevent injury to men who may need to command. Leadership. The officer will require no action of his soldiers that he would not will not be willing to perform himself. Honor. The officer will not abandon allies on the field, nor will he seek to profit from the loss of his allies. Good code. Yeah, those are uh, that, they're simple and good. The only one that I think is a little bit kind of dramatic, maybe, is always wear your uniform. Yeah. But other than that, I think it's chill. No, yeah. We move on. Cocoons is chapter 16. This takes place seven and a half years ago. It's a Cal chapter, so baby Kaladin. Yeah. He's chilling with a girl named Laurel, and um, Laurel's the light eyes of the town's daughter. Yes. They're chilling with also Tien. We finally get to meet Tien. Yay, Tien! I freaking love Tien. Tien's so cute. Um, and uh, Kaladin reveals to uh, Laurel that her, his dad is going to send him to Carbronth to learn to be a, a surgeon. Yes. And Laurel's like, you didn't tell me? And Kaladin shrugged. He kind of wanted to keep it a secret. And then Laurel seems to try and um, persuade him. Like, well, didn't you want to fight, though? I thought you wanted to fight with swords and the like. Yeah. Um, and uh, that seems like a strange play. But it's okay. Yeah. Uh, she's Laurel feels a little bit weird in this chapter. I'm not a huge fan of Laurel in this chapter. I agree. Um, she's kind of a jerk. She's kind of a jerk. By the way, they're climbing around like a rocky little, like a bunch of rocks all scattered around. Yeah. So they're doing a lot of climbing and stuff. And um, uh, Kaladin also is is like young adult, 13-ish, I think. Uh, 12, 13, somewhere in there. Yeah. He's just now noticing how beautiful Laurel is. He thinks about it a lot. Can we also say that we learned that Dark eyes can become light eyes if they get a shard blade. Yes. They just magically become light eyes, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and also, if Kaladin also says, technically, a light eye, dark eyes of the first non can marry a, uh, sorry, the dark eyes of the first non can marry a light eyes of the 10th dawn, and then their kid could be light eyes. So yeah. technically, they can do it that way, but it's not necessarily yes, the but same. But they could actually become a light eye. Yeah. Um, and uh, Laurel goes and, and stands and looks eastward and says, What do you see? And Kaladin looks and says, a bunch of weeds and, La <laughs> and Laurel's like no it's the origin dummy and it's like look at there's so much world to explore that kind of an idea yeah and I actually love this image Laurel high vision she's thinking about the world Kaladin is here and now in this moment yep. he sees the weeds and he says those are weeds yep. and that it's like it shows the difference between these two characters of like one wanting to become something different yep. and one being happy to be who he is yep sorry I like that no yeah Um, and uh, Kaladin is being a little bit of a Debbie Downer and Laurel says, I hate when you're like this. And uh, it kind of shows also, Kaladin isn't just sad because of what happened to him. Yeah. This dude has a mental illness. Yes. I love that. He's, even as a kid, talks about how he will go through bouts of just melancholy. He's depressed. He has days where he feels bad. Yep. That's better, in my opinion, than some authors who are just like, 
only trauma can give you sadness. Kaladin's yeah. brain just doesn't do chemicals the same way as everyone else's. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's an important thing to show. And he does it well. Yeah. And then Tien finally pops up, his 10-year-old brother. And he's like, hey, Kaladin, I got you this rock. And for some reason, the rock really gets Kaladin happy. Freaking love Tien. And That's such a cute image in my head. Tien knows that his brother is a little bit like sad. And so he brings him a freaking rock. And Cal- Yeah, it's similar to Sill, actually. And Kaladin wait, loves wait. that. It's similar to Sill, actually. <gasps> Isn't it? Shooketh. Isn't it similar? Like she brings him yeah. a leaf when he's about to commit suicide. Yeah. It's just a leaf, but it means yeah. something more. Kaladin, maybe. Kaladin maybe. F- hold on. Theory real quick. Okay. Maybe. Because I had said originally that I thought Syl was like. A spirit of somebody. A spirit of somebody. Yeah. Maybe Tien. Maybe she's a spirit of Tien. It's a good theory. Um, I, That'd be cute. I'd be a fan of that. Yeah. I like a lot this whole idea of uh, like when, when Tien walks up and says, what are you looking at? Kaladin goes dead weeds and Tien's like oh well you need to see this <laughs> and shows him the rock and at first Kaladin's like it's just a rock and Tien goes it's not just a rock look gets it wet shows all the, like the the white uh strata that goes all around the all around the thing yeah um and so like when it's wet it shows different colors uh and Kaladin it makes him smile and Laurel's like how does he do that and Kaladin's like what she's like get you feeling better and he went I mean, it's hard to feel bad around Tien. Look at him. And the boy's just bounding around all happy. Oh, I love him. I'm so upset that Tien's gone. Yeah, he did. Um, makes me sad. Me sad, too. Me sad, too. Me sad, too. <laughs> um, but also, uh, Kaladin goes to Tien. There might be a lurk hiding somewhere around here. Let's see if we can find one. And they find they hop around. And eventually, Tien goes, found one. And they walk over. And there's a little cocoon sitting on the rock. And Kaladin pours some rainwater on it. And suddenly the cocoon dissolves and there's a little six-legged reptile with eyes on its back. That image, okay, I picture this thing as like the cutest little like salamander amphibian yeah. dude ever to exist. Yeah. Like I just want to hold it. And uh, essentially what happened is they tricked it into thinking rain came. And so it was hopping around trying to find bugs, splatting, jumping really fast. That's, Tien, kind, of, that's kind of awful if you think about it. Tien is giggling like crazy. He's having such a good time watching this little bug jump, this little salamander jump around. Um, and then while they're moving, Laurel goes, uh, sticks her hand out to help have Kaladin help her down. And Kaladin's like, you're a better climber than me or Tien. Yeah. And Laurel's like, it's polite, stupid. And so Laurel just wants Kaladin to act like a... Very clearly, Laurel wants Kaladin to become a light eyes. Is yeah. what it seems. Yeah. She's teaching him about politeness. She wants him to to. She likes him. That's the deal. She likes him. Yeah, um, I would agree. Anyway, uh, eventually the the Lurg figures out that it's um been tricked and starts building its cocoon again. Kaladin gets it onto a little rock and hands it to Tien. So now Tien has the cocoon of the Lurg for so that he can play with or drop in his dad's bath while he's bathing. It's hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's cute little interaction. I would love to see it just like a quick little chapter about <laughs> about Tien <laughs> dropping a lurg into his dad's bath water. That'd be hilarious to me. Um and it'd be a cute little like interlude. <laughs> <laughs> During this whole time also the uh Kaladin's conflicted. Does he want to fight or does he want to be a uh, uh uh, surgeon. So you want to fight, just want to be a surgeon. They keeps yeah. coming back to that thought. Uh-huh. Um, and then Laurel notices a bunch of young men standing around where they should be worming because the way that grain grows is really neat. It, these There's these melons that grow. Yep. And once they get hard, they become hard like rock. You break them open. Inside there's dried grain. Mm-hmm. But sometimes a worm will get in when they're young and will mm-hmm. eat, the, eat the grain. And so right now there's a, it's a time of worming where they stick little uh, holes in the melons with a piece, bit of sugar get the worm on it, pull it out, kill the worm. Yeah. So right now they're doing worming 
And for some reason, these boys who should be worming aren't. Mm-hmm. And so Calvin goes down to try and see it. Well, Laurel makes him walk down with her. Yeah. They walk down. Laurel Calvin sits- does, Cal doesn't want to. Yeah. He has no want to go down and talk to these people. Yeah. L- Laurel gets up on a rock and makes Calvin do the talking as well. Calvin is kind of a butthole thing to do. Calvin goes, hey, why aren't you worming? And the boy, he immediately is like, wrong sentence. Because the boys don't like that Kaladin doesn't have to do the manual labor. He has to, like, he gets to sit and study. And they have to actually go out in the sun and do yeah. work. N- not realizing that being studying to be a surgeon would be a really hard thing to do. Yeah. Not that doing worming work, that, that sounds hard too. Yeah. So not that that would be an easy thing to do either. But It's the whole idea of there's value in every kind of labor. There's different uh-huh. kinds of labor. In this whole, yep. yeah. um, and the boys are like, some of the polyps were, weren't growing right. So they gave us the day off. Yeah. Um, and uh kind of okay genuinely here laurel initiates a fight for kaladin yes laurel uh one of the b- people we're talking about asked cal could someone become a light eyes by digging a sharp blade and kaladin's like i mean kind of and one of the people said yeah i know my dad was supposed to get one but his mean little guy stole his sharp blade and laurel went there were no sharp blades of that fight right kaladin and kaladin's like yeah, maybe your dad misremembered. He even was trying to be nice. But the guy was like, you always make us look stupid, don't you, Callan? You have to. You yeah, dishonored my dad. Name Jost. You dishonored my dad, called him a liar. So now you must fight me. Yeah, there's two people here who talk. Yeah. So, uh, Jost and like, no, well, um, Tift and Jost. Uh, yeah, Tif, Tif talks. And then isn't there another one I thought? Nope, I think just Jost. Uh, I thought there was an, oh, uh, Naget. Naget also asks. Naget's the one who asks uh, asks uh, if it if he's ever actually heard yeah. of a light eyes or a dark eyes becoming a light eyes. Yeah, and then the guy gives Kaladin, Kaladin a little rod. Joss does. Yeah, Joss, and they fight. Kaladin does decent, loses, and when it, when Kaladin loses, Laurel gets up as if she's angry and walks off like a little jerkwad. Yeah. Start the fight, and then when your dude loses, who's never been trained to fight, sorry. Yeah. But Kaladin loved it. Kaladin yeah. loved the feeling of the thing in his in his hands fighting. Yes. Um. And Kaladin, after he gets up, after she leaves, he begs Joss to teach him. And Joss is like, "Nah, fam, we all have our own place, and you not you're not allowed to fight." Yeah. And he refuses, which kind of fair, but also kind of like, oh, that's sad for him. Yeah. Um. He says the sentence, "You uh, be what you are, Cal. I'll be what I am. In that you're a surgeon, I'm I'm a worker, and that's kind of funny." Yep. Um. And then Kaladin lays on the ground all sad because everything kind of felt like it fell apart all of a sudden. Yes. And Tef, sh- uh, not Tef, Tien shows back up again. Um, and all T- Tien goes, Kaladin? Kaladin looks up, sees him sitting there. He was crying. He goes, he goes, uh, how long have you been there? Kaladin snapped. And Tien just sets the rock down and runs off giggling. Yeah. And he picks up the rock and he's, and for some reason that makes him feel better. Yes. Love it. Love Tian so much. Tian's, Tian's so such cute. a good guy. I love Tian. I'm so upset. Yeah. This upsets me. Colin, why did you pick a book that's upsetting <laughs> me? And then uh, Calder walks back to his house, finds his dad acting all weird, and discovered that the bright lord of the town, uh, Laurel's father, has died. I wonder if Laurel knew that before. There's no way. No. But she as she was walking know. away, she saw servants ran up to get her. So the, the, probably that's what happened. The, yeah. the servants started running when, when he died. Um, and the Bright Lord left uh, his dad a giant jar of expensive spheres in order to pay for Kaladin's uh, work. And yes. Kaladin's like, well, that's my decision decided for me. We have I money have, now. I don't have to worry about it. I have a theory. Yeah, what's your theory? Okay. Um, so we, we know kind of that 
Kaladin doesn't end up going to be a surgeon, obviously. Yeah. Um, and my theory is, we also know that his whole family dies. My theory is the new uh, Light Eyes that's coming in, because the current one, the guy who just died, doesn't have any sons, so there's no yeah. one to take over. And, by the way, they were good friends. Kal- yes. Kaladin's dad and yes. the, light, the Bright Lord. So my thought is that the new guy who's coming in is going to be a butthole. Mm-hmm. And he's going to really dislike Kaladin and his family. Okay, yeah. they're not gonna like each other. It's gonna be really bad. He's gonna be a really big jerk. He's gonna like run things differently, yeah. not be a nice guy, not care about the people. And I think he's gonna find out that they have all of this money, uh, money that was given to them, and he's gonna think they stole it, mm. and he's going to kill them. Good theory. That's what I think. Good theory. Thank you. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, any other theories about this chapter? No, that was really it. All right, uh, we're running long already. So let's go ahead and start. Wait, that's not how the sentence goes. <laughs> Let's go ahead and start rank those characters. No. Let's go ahead and rank the characters. Yeah! Okay, we got it. Here's week five's uh, official character ranking. And well, we're gonna... do we want to read off all the characters we had this week first? Oh, yeah, you go ahead and do that. Okay, so here's all the characters we saw this week that talked or and had names, okay? Yep. So we have Kaladin, Sil, Moash, uh, Sigzil, Leighton, Rock, Gaz, and Teft from the first chapter. Yep. We have... Adeline, Dalinar, Sadius, Elokar, Vama, Renarin, and Wit from the second chapter. And yep. then Laryl, Tien, Liren, Jost, Tift, and Kav from the third, third chapter. chapter. And just saying, we count Kaladin and Cal as the same person. Yes, we do. Because they are the same person. Just- yeah. We considered ranking them separately as like, because that kind of makes sense, but we we decided together is better. Yeah. Um. Here's the week five ranking, and we'll go through and explain why. Number one, Syl. She's sweet. She's cute. She cares about yes. Kaladin. She's learning about death. So, well, we should we should have read last week. No, no we, we don't, don't do read, that. Never mind. We don't read last week. Sorry. Uh, Kaladin second because he's still dope. Uh, and Cal chapter was also good. Yeah. Adolin beats Dalinar because he's hot headed and fun. Yes. Uh. Then there's Dalinar. Then Tien because he's so sweet. Yes. I love Tien. Love Tien. Then Wit. Because he's super funny. Yes. Ironically, Wit made it to the exact same places last week, despite everybody else above him changing. <laughs> um, yeah. Then we got Renarin. Because yep. he's better than people think he is. Yes. And that's he's good. moved up a little bit on our list since we first met him, yeah. too, which is kind of fun. And then we have Liren. Because yep. uh, more is the death of a guy. Seems pretty nice, but not big. Yeah. Elokar, still above characters we don't care about, but he is kind of a baby. Yes. And now we get into a list of characters who we kind of just have to name because they talked. We yeah. don't know anything about them. Sigzil, Leighton, Rock, Cav, Tift, Jost, and Jost. Are, these are all characters that were there. They talked, but we yeah. don't have any strong opinions one way or the other. Then we're in the characters who are alive and not. We don't want them to die. Yeah. But they're our least favorite of this week. And those are Laurel because she's just kind of mean. Yeah. She, she yeah. It, she's kind of just rude. Then we have Moash, who once again, just despondent, actively, like, actively harms Kaladin's cause. Yep. Then we have Vama because, yeah, he's talking about, about the king. Whatever. Yeah. And then Wish You Were Dead, we have Gaz and Sadius. We finally decided, I think Sadius is worse than Gaz. This in this, ch- this, in this week. week, yeah. Not overall. Yeah. If we're, if we're taking the overall what we feel, we'll do it here in a yeah. second. But we're just at this week, I like Gaz better than Sadius from this yeah. week. It's hard doing this week and then top five, to bottom five, because it's like you have to, we go from thinking of just this week to thinking about all time. All time. Um, like when weighing Gaz's negativities, he just kind of like hurt Galen's cause and then like, left yeah. you know uh sadius actively is being a jerkwad yes in this in this week's episode yeah. 
Um, so now we'll read the top five, bottom five. Um, I'll read you off last week's list. Sorry. Yes. Top five, bottom five. So top five for last week was Kaladin, Sil, Shalon, Adelin, and Dalinar. And then our bottom five was Hashai, Sadius, Nambalat, Took, and Gaz. And now we're getting into this week's top five, bottom five. Top, Kaladin, Sil, did the same. Kaladin number one, Sil number two. Yep. Then Shalon got kicked downwards. Dalinar is now here. Yes. So he, we picked him there because he's fun. He is so... He's impressive. He's such an impressive character. And so um, dedicated to being yes. a good guy. Yes. His whole thing is, I want to be a good yes. person. That's great. Yes. And then Shalon. So she, Shalon lost one place uh, because we haven't seen her. Yeah. I, I have a suspicion throughout these next couple of weeks, Shalon is going to slowly dwindle until she drops off the list Which entirely. Which is so sad. Until I we see her Shalon. again. When I see you again. Oh. Uh, then is <laughs> at the bottom of the top five. Yeah. He's cool. He's a little hot-headed. Yep. That's all. Bottom five. Hashai finally left the list. I Hashai. We don't know who she is. She's the lady who like bought Kaladin. Yeah, and that was the only reason she was ever on the list. And now she's just gone because she didn't. Yeah. Yeah. She was there one time. So she she slowly lost her place, and now she's fully off the list. It's funny because our top five has always been like pretty much the same pretty much people. the same people, and our bottom five is just different every time. Uh. So the least bad we have Laurel because she was just a butthole. Got Kaladin beat up. Left. Yeah, sucks to be her. Then Moash because once again he was sub. Uh, he was mean to Kaladin. He called to Gas and tried to get Gas to like not let Kaladin do the yeah. thing. Uh, just overall kind of a mean person. Not the worst. Then we have Non Balat who we didn't see but is a sociopath who rips yes. legs off of animals. Yes, good to get rid of him. Yes. Then the biggest leap of the week, Sadius is our second to least favorite character. Yep, because dude was a real, real, real mega butthole. Real butthole. Then. The worst character of the book. Still. Still the the highest scoring character, if you count from absolute zero. We have Gaz as our least favorite. <laughs> yeah. Surprising no one. Yeah. And as I said last time, um, we have like a ranking system now. Yes. Where uh, people like Kaladin, who's number one for this week, got plus five points. Yeah. Uh, and Do you want to go ahead and read the, the, the top three for the for those yes. and then the bottom three? So our top, our number one highest ranked character positively is Kaladin. Followed by Shal- with 19, followed by Shalon with 14, then Sofrena with 12. And then our bottom three uh, is Gaz. By a lot. Gaz is absolutely killing the game over here. With this negative man, 20. This man's ahead by 11. The next closest is, is, is a shy with negative nine, followed closely by a tie between Nonbalat and Sadius with negative six. Nice. Um, and nice. So, guys, I, I want to know is there anyone you're hoping? wins right right yeah. now let us know on on our instagram page so if you don't if you don't follow that go follow it's fantasy book club podcast on instagram yep um and on when we post this i'll post uh you know let you guys know it's out um go and comment on our instagram page what character you hope wins at the end of this book <laughs> what character you hope wins the top and what character you hope wins the bottom yeah don't spoil anything though no no spoilers don't only names that we've talked about already I think it's going to be Kaladin and Gaz Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> it might be, yeah. Um, all right. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, there's nothing else really to do this week other than wrap up. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. You're a super cool person. Thank you so much to Alesia. He made our intro and outro music. It's called Windrunner Remake. Uh, so thank you for letting us use that. That is A-L-E-Z-E-I-A on Spotify. Yep. It's a great song. Love. It's a good like backing track for reading. Yep. Um, Next week, make sure you read chapter 17, 18, and 19. Or else Sydney will make you fight the dude.
who's stronger than you. She'll he'll hit you inside and make you really cry. <laughs> I liked your little your little song with it. Yeah. And Colton will sing will sing that song in the background. I'll be standing to the side singing as he beats you with a stick. <laughs> um so make sure you have that red because that would be real humiliating for you. Um all right, thank you so much for listening. My name is Colton Pratt. And I'm Sydney Lyley. I love you. Peace. Why are you still here? The show's over.